All right, welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM. It's Friday, so you know what that means. I should have Tregoski. I should have music for you, to, like your own Tregoski music. <laughs> like, what would what would that even be? I have no idea. We need to come up with a theme song, maybe. Yeah, something. I don't know. I just thought of it. I like. And yesterday, you know, I had to play the Rush Limbaugh theme music because because <laughs> of that news. I don't know if you heard about that news. <laughs> That's a big, big change at Wisdom. Yeah, big change. I don't know if anyone figured out what day <laughs> yesterday was. Man, I had a friend of mine go. So you're moving to the morning, and I just I, and I just sent him a screenshot of a calendar with a giant arrow pointing to April first. And he goes, "Yeah." He goes, "So what's the deal? Like eleven to two? That's what you're doing?" And I just said, "Do you know what day it is?" And then he went back, and then finally, again, like, I sent him the screenshot and, like, my podcast version of the show. And then he goes, good gracious, because he, he just kind of realized, oh, yeah, yesterday, April Fool's, like, figured it out. Uh, so anyone that was listening yesterday uh, and, and heard my, my uh, rant about, I don't know if it was a rant, but uh, the, the big news that me and La Crosse County Democratic Party Chair William Garcia were taking over the Rush Limbaugh time slot. Uh, beginning next week, April Fools. I don't know if you caught that right at the end of the show. I didn't know how to do that joke, Tregoski. Do I? Did I do it okay? I just did the whole show. I had a Vicky Markison interview in the middle to kind of alleviate some of that, but I just I just went with it the whole show and just dropped an April Fools right at the end. You really had to listen to the whole show right up to the end to, to hear the April Fools, though. So it was there's some mind games going on yesterday rick because the head coach of my beloved <laughs> north carolina tar heels where i where i went to graduate school enjoyed being in north carolina one they won a national championship in basketball while i was there which i attribute myself i, I credit myself for all of Wait, that Wait, who's the who's the main player on that team i just want to i don't remember like that was Jerry marcus page mark oh god what year was that must have been pretty. Uh, that was that was, that was uh, so they were in the title game 2016, lost at the buzzer to Villanova, and then had a rematch against Villanova the very next year in the national championship game and won it. Okay, and he yeah he announced uh, uh, Roy Williams announced his retirement from after like 30 some years and 33 years I believe as coach at college basketball. Roy Williams, my favorite coach when he was at Kansas, because that's who was good when I was paying attention to college basketball. <laughs> well, he announced it on April Fool's Day. Right. So, like, when the news was coming out, sources say that Roy Williams is retiring from his legendary coaching career at North Carolina. I thought it was an April Fool's joke at first. <laughs> yeah, but right. That ended up being legit. Yeah, right so away. By the time like... I got to your show, I had no idea what to believe yesterday. <laughs> yeah. And somebody else that didn't know what to believe is number three. Number three, you're on the air. Go ahead. How are you two college dudes doing this today? We're good. We're good. We're just working men now. We're out of college. We're just workers now. Oh, you're working men. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway, I called Mike Hayes' to show this morning at 7:20. Yeah. To plug your new show for next week, <laughs> and he told me it was an April Fool's joke. Otherwise, I would have never known it because you shoot from the hip so straight all the time. Rick. <laughs> I should have. I gave. I gave Mike a heads up. I wonder what would have happened if I wouldn't have given Mike a heads up because I, I thought maybe something, some of that might have trickled into his show in the morning. 
So it would have been a good one if he wouldn't have known anything about it. <laughs> right. Now that I think about it, it would have been funny. Surprise! Because they would have been like, "Man, they don't wake me up for any of the meetings around here." <laughs> oh no, it might cut into one hour of his show. <laughs> yeah, and you had quite a few phone calls, huh? Yesterday. Yes, I did. I had quite a few calls about filling in for you at five o'clock. <laughs> There's a pretty good push. You might have a more popular show than I do. Okay, well, I'll give it a whirl. Yeah, right? We'll see. I got to go to grammar school first, okay? Uh, me too. We'll go together. All right. All right. All right. See you later. Keep your powder dry. That's what he was saying as, as I accidentally hit the wrong the button too soon. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, number three. I got a couple of people to call in, and we just had a long conversation about how it was going to take over, how it was going to go. It was really funny. It was really hard not to, like, let the cat out of the bag. Is that a, is that a thing? That is that the phrase, cat out of the bag? That sounds about right. Does your cat? Well, I guess cats like to go into the grocery, like the paper bags, right? They do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no. You, like, you'll buy cats all kinds of toys and all kinds of neat stuff, and then their favorite toy will end up being, like, a grocery bag and a piece of shoelace. Or a box, right? But it should be cat yeah. out of the box. We should let the cat yeah. out of the box, although you can kind of see the cat if it's in the box. Um, yeah, cats are funny. I don't know how I got onto this. But, yeah, letting the cat out of the bag, the idea that – yeah, the, the and then t- the part of the conversation yesterday was a little bit funny as people were – Rick, you know, you're going to have the Democratic Party chair guy on, and he's going to – and and they were very nice, very nice about it. And you're like, your show, it's going to – you know, that's Russia's spot, and it's going to be – you guys are going to be, like, Democrats on the show, and are you going to make it down the middle, or are you going to – and I was like, well, do you call Rush Limbaugh when Rush was on and say, hey, Rush, you got to be more down the middle. This is a very right-wing show. I, like So I thought it was funny that we – the the idea the very idea that maybe somebody that leans left and then brings a a democratic person democratic party chair on with them uh we and we can't do it because it's maybe Russia's slot or wisdom then leans too far to the middle i don't know <laughs> <laughs> the thing that made me realize it was a joke was i thought to myself wait a minute russia's show is 3 hours long like is rick really going to do a 3 hour show every day 15 hours of radio a week and right. that made me realize it was a joke, Rick, because you're not, you know, three, three hours of a show a day. Like, how do you even do that? I would need you to help me, honestly. <laughs> That's what I would need. No, but can we talk about this? And I didn't warn you about this. It just popped in my head. Okay, Rush Limbaugh, they're running repeats of Rush Limbaugh, I believe, uh, every once in a while. At least I, I know they had a sub host yesterday. I was just kind of listening. Um, but what what if... Instead of even filling the slot, Russia's on since 1988. This got me just real. Think about this a little bit, Chagoski, and we'll we'll take a break, and then I'll let you come back and t- just think about this during the break. What if we just did like ESPN Classic, but Rush Limbaugh Classic, and we just ran Rush Limbaugh starting in 1988 and just ran his old shows? So you you think of, you think about that for a minute because you think about all the issues that would happen there. And when we come back, we'll talk about that. But I got to get Brad doing the news. We'll be back with, and I haven't introduced you, UW Lacrosse political science professor Anthony Chagoski. All right, here we go. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. If you want to get in here, 608 785 7914 is the talk and text line. UW Lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Chagoski is on with us. And we'll even see if we talk about anything politics. We probably could get there. Um, but we were just, and I guess Rush Limbaugh is kind of talking politics. But yeah, the, my idea for Rush Limbaugh, as we talked about a little real quick before the break, was uh, just just starting his show back in 1988 and doing like ESPN Classic runs the the old old games 
I'll just and you know you wouldn't have to do every episode, and you'd probably be, be best to pick and choose which episodes, but run classic episodes. It'd almost be like a history channel. Well, it was the Clinton years that made Rush Limbaugh's career in many ways, like the the backlash to Clinton among the conservatives in the United States. And and so that would actually not be a bad time to revisit just if you're trying to understand how he became so powerful and understand the broader rise of, you know, the Republican Party or where the Republican Party was during that time period. Because, it, I mean, there would not have been a Rush Limbaugh in the way that he spread across the country, in the way that he had the impact. That would have never happened without Bill Clinton as president. Like the backlash to Clinton just made his career so I think it would be kind of fun to look back at that time and to see what he was saying about Clinton and how that really resonated with people and how that tapped into people's, uh, how, just how that made him become a ratings machine, for goodness sake. The EIB network, uh, uh, what would we call them, filters, the people that, that would have to listen, they would really have to be careful about what we're, what, what they're putting, because otherwise EIB network was, it would be cancel cultured, wouldn't it? I mean, they would they would play something over the air that Rush said that was, you know, maybe not. I mean, even controversial for his for his time. But then uh, you play it now, and it would it would there would be tiki torches and pitchforks outside wherever the EIB network headquarters are. Well, that's the thing, Rick. Like Rush did things that were controversial in the '80s and the '90s, and it took a lot for something to be controversial back then. So I think that's right. You know, we kind of hear things different in today's context and there are different standards today and different, you know, things that can get people in trouble. And no doubt that, you know, many of the things that Rush said in his early days of his career would get him probably fired nowadays. I got a text here. It says, I believe the Rush show is going to proceed, which is wonderful. I, I'm, that's what that's kind of what we were saying. I don't know how it would proceed as the Rush show without repeats. Um, but he continues, or she continues, uh, as of my text, your show is a quarter over. And so far, nothing has been covered that makes any difference to anyone. I did not hear your show yesterday, but how in the world would we possibly listen to three hours of nothing if I took over for the Rush slot? Um, yeah, it's so Friday, the, you're, man. You're, you'd be the Seinfeld of lacrosse radio. Yeah, like it's Friday. What do we need to cover that that you need to hear about? Um, I mean, you can always just proceed with your Friday evening without listening to me. Um, speaking of nothing, I got another call from my car warranty people to extend my car warranty today. I don't know how many how many times do you get this call a week, Kurchagoski. So I, I get the call, and then I also get Mike Hayes calling me, pretending to be my car warranty company, saying that it's about to expire. So about half of the calls I get are the actual spam calls, and about half of the calls I get are prank calls from Mike Hayes. Okay, so how many times before you figured out, okay, that's Mike Hayes? Like, you put him in your caller ID at some point, but did he get you the first time at least? <laughs> no, because... <laughs> He ha- he's not that great at disguising <laughs> his voice. And also, it said Wisdom on the caller ID. So, like, unless Wisdom has a side hustle with the car warranty business, then, you know, I'm not going to fall for that. Oh, I'm sure. Well, I don't know. We, uh, we might. I'm not going to say anything. Uh, but so, anyway, <laughs> the car warranty people call me. You got to hit one to, to get to, a, you know, an operator. So, I hit one. And they're like, I don't remember what they said, but they're like, yeah, you want to extend your warranty? What kind of car do you have? And I go, a 1996 Ford F-150. 
And they were like, uh, we can't. And I was like, no, you call me every day. I want this warranty extended. And then they just hung up on me. And I was like, what is that? You're hanging up on me? I'm supposed to hang up on you. It was crap. They, they so, totally turned the tables on you. Yeah, so I called them back. I'm like, I'm calling back. I'm going to get this extended warranty if my, if it's the last thing I do. And it doesn't even, it just goes to a, if you want to be opt out of this uh, this call, hit one. And then it, otherwise it just hangs up, hangs up on you. And I hit one all the time to opt out. So I've opted out at a 30 of these calls, but they still keep coming. So what you're saying is you don't have an extended warranty at this point for your 96 vehicle. Not yet. I'm just, I mean, another day, Monday's a new day. I don't think they work on the weekends. So that's, that'll be, that'll be that. So, um, all right. So moving on um, tomorrow, Chagoski, there's, there, we're going to have a, 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 a mask unmasking event. I don't really, uh, uh, we don't have to wear the, uh, the, the mask mandate is over event out at the mall. Are you planning on attending? Well, you know, I, I think, you know, if, if freedom in America nowadays, if to be a real American, you have to burn your mask outside of a red lobster, <laughs> then I guess I'll go in order to be a real American, right? Now, let me clarify. There's there's the event out at by the mall, wherever it's, I mean, the, the, the where is pretty confusing because it says by JCPenney and Red Lobster, which aren't two, aren't next to each other and aren't, one of them isn't even by the road. Um, but I guess there's the intersection there. Also, the mask burning is not going to happen, I don't think, at that location. To be ter- determined later, later they're going to go burn masks somewhere. <laughs> so just to clarify. So what we need here is somebody, I, and you can text the show tomorrow when you're there, but we need a mole to go to this event tomorrow, figure out where the mask burning is going to be taking place, and then text us the location. So, I, well, number three can't do it because he can't text. Because I feel like number three would fit right in with the crowd. He'd blend right in. Nobody would know the better. Because uh, if you or I go, they're going to know right away. Mo, mo, are they going to surround us and scream Trump, 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 and point to us like the old Trump rallies? Well, here's here's the thing, Rick. Like, can we teach number three to text in time for him to be the mole at tomorrow's mask burning? I think maybe his his wife can text, and I think maybe him and his wife it could be a little date. I would suggest wearing a mask though, because I you know I think maybe they have their vaccines, but maybe not. Uh, suggest wearing it would be ironic though. You might stick out if you wear a mask to the to the no mask rally. That's why I would be called out as a mole right away because I'd have my mask on. Um, also, if we're burning the masks, do, we, do people just plan on not going to the grocery store anymore? Are they just going to do uh, curbside pickup? Or they're going to be the people who go in there to Target or to Festival and make a scene and make the $12 an hour poor employees, like, kick them out and have to deal with their nonsense. Yeah, it's always wonderful. I hear those stories multiple times a day. Uh, for multiple friends, they, the, 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 that guy, that guy with his kid, his kid had a mask on, but he didn't. Uh, and his wife had a mask on. This is one of them. And then when we asked him to put a mask on, he said, oh, I ain't putting a mask on. And he goes, I'm not spending it. I'm out of here. I'm not spending any money in your store. And then he gave his wife the credit card. And he goes here. And then he left. <laughs> and, then, and then they were like, so you're not spending money, but you gave your wife the credit card. So it was kind of like, <laughs> Okay. Anyway, but yeah, the uh, yeah these the idea that um, we're not wearing masks anymore. I don't know. Like, I guess you're maybe there's some places that you're not wearing masks, but um, good luck. I guess finding those places. 
Well, you know, and it wasn't a huge shock that the Wisconsin State Supreme Court struck down the Evers mask order. To me, it was just kind of a matter of time until they did that. It was you know, pretty pretty clear when you look at the four to three makeup of the court, you kind of get a sense of where the swing vote Brian Hagedorn is. And it's pretty clear to me that the Evers mask order was going to be struck down. Uh, fortunately, we're at a time period where Wisconsin is really making a lot of progress in vaccines. And you know, it seems like lacrosse is doing a fantastic job of getting vaccines administered. And, uh, you know, I was very excited to share the news with my students, for example, last week that they are all eligible for the vaccine as of next Monday. So, you know, I think we're going to see that, you know, people are going to start to use their mask less and less. Of course, private businesses and private entities can, are totally within their right to require people to wear a mask. And, you know, now it's on them, though. Now it's on them. Now it's back on the companies and the private entities to make their own policies and to enforce their own policies. And many of them did not want to be put in that position. They wanted to be in the position where there was a statewide order that would kind of take the responsibility out of their play, you know, where they could tell angry people who want to make a fuss about this kind of stuff, where they could tell angry people, look, it's not our fault that we're requiring you to wear a mask. It's the governor's order. But now the burden for this policy is squarely back on each individual entity, each individual business. And you know, frankly, a lot of businesses are not happy about that. Yeah, I got to see what happens. Right. I mean, I think that I think I think the numbers in Wisconsin look really good right now, uh, especially with the vaccine progress here in La Crosse. Certainly, though, the ridiculous mask controversy to the extent, I mean, and I can't even believe that I'm using controversy and mask <laughs> in the same context, but you know, it's going to continue because we always have to be fighting about something. Yeah, I got a text here. Uh, any, any idea what's burning in the industrial park? Um, I know that. And then somebody else said, uh, what's burning near I-90? And they're not even joking. Uh, there's, I know there's at least two grass fires going on around here. So, yep. um, and yep. also if you go to wisdomnews.com, you can learn about, uh, whether or not you can burn your masks in the city of Onalaska or the city of lacrosse, uh, because you need a, you need a burn permit to have recreational fires B unless your mask is made of dried wood, you cannot burn your masks. It's illegal. Uh, Greg Texan, he said, I don't have to, I don't have a mask to burn because I've never worn one. You're a true American hero, Greg. Uh, he goes, no one says anything at Festival, Quick Trip, Walmart, the gym, or the dozens of taverns or restaurants I frequent. That's because they're all sick of people like you, and there's nothing they can do. They make $10 an hour. They feel they they feel uh, belittled. When, <laughs> they're, they're not paid nearly enough to put up with people like him. <laughs> yeah, you guys are the a-holes that are, are putting part-time minimum wage, low-wage workers, uh, A, at risk of getting con contracting the virus because – yeah. They have to be at work all day, and then you go in without a mask and spread it. And then, B, they have to put up with idiots like you that, that say, hey, can you put a mask on? And then you, you scream like, I'm, I'm an American freedom, First Amendment, whatever it is. Um, all right, there's two calls coming in. Let me see here. Uh, I don't know who the caller. Who is this? Hey. Yeah, you're on the air. Go ahead, funny. man. You're on yeah, the air. Yeah, I'm just driving up on. Yeah, I'm just driving up on it, and I can't see. I'm coming over the viaduct by the uh, by the Quick Trip plant here, and it's 
that's on the right. It definitely is a building. No grass fire. No grass fire. So there's a building on fire in the industrial park or somebody's uh, burning masks somewhere? Yeah, 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 it was pretty timely that you had the mask game. Yeah, this thing's uh, this thing's a puker. Uh, maybe looks like it's over by Wallscraft in the lower end. Okay. Uh, all right, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I don't, unless there's a helicopter sound in the background. Uh, but, yeah, sounds like there's all kinds of fires. I'm getting all kinds of texts. Here's a picture of a fire in Brownsville, Minnesota. So, Or they're in Brownsville taking a picture of lacrosse. So that's across the river. Um, uh, out by Bacalar, somebody said, oh, yeah, here's another picture. Man, I'm getting all kinds of crowdsourcing, Trigoski, people sending me pictures of fire. Uh, so, yeah, tomorrow when you're uh, deciding to burn your mask, uh, A, you're going to need it still. B, uh, there's all kinds of. The DNR has uh, banned certain counties from uh, burning at all, uh, and you need a permit in the city, and you probably uh, need a permit in the counties as well. So uh, good luck. we got to take a break. Tregoski's favorite thing of the the day, Scott's comment coming up, then Brad doing the news. (laughs) All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. I appreciate everyone that's sending me pictures and videos. I got a video of this fire. Um, it's at Apparently, it's at Alter Scrapyard in the Industrial Park. I believe that's near the soccer fields where um, uh, the high schoolers play soccer out there. And the Industrial Park, you know, where the kind of by I, I get a lot of like yeah hey, it's right by this place and i'm like i don't know what that is but like where the industrial park is where quick trip is that whole general area um so i appreciate that um you people that are sending pictures though they're pretty far away so if you can just sneak through some backyards i know you can't drive over there but just sneak through some backyards uh through some industrial park yards and uh climb some fences get closer so you can get better pictures i need fire firemen in the picture um, fire trucks, water sprayed on, you know, all that stuff. I'm just kidding. But, no, I do. <laughs> I honestly do appreciate sending me pictures. This is great, Trigoski. Uh The news doesn't even need to go do the news. The crowd, I'm crowdsourcing the news. So people are bringing the news to me. This is, I, I love it. Yeah, nothing, nothing that we even need to do. We just, we just wait for people to send us pictures. Yeah, and the irony here that we're going to try to do a mask burning rally tomorrow uh, at some point yeah. when the DNR says uh, burning in forty three counties is prohibited. Uh, Lacrosse and and the city of Lacrosse and on Alaska, they're like you you can't burn anything. Like that's not legal. You 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 can only burn dried wood. Um, so maybe maybe hold off on all. Also because of the pandemic and the COVID and. Uh, you know, the spreading of the disease, uh, maybe also her, and, and the fact that businesses are still requiring masks, hold off on the mask burning rally. I think at some point, Tregoski, I think we would all love to burn our masks at really at some oh, point. Sure. I would love to have like at the end of the as we get out of the Christmas season, my neighbor back home out in the middle of nowhere, he burns. He goes around town and picks up all the Christmas trees that are out inside of the road. Any, not the plastic ones, but the real ones. And we have this most gigantic, it's probably super illegal in Outagamie County, but we have this gigantic Christmas tree fire. Um, and, you know, I would love to see just a giant mound of masks that we could all burn. Uh, it would probably be put a hole in the ozone layer. But, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm with you. Like, at some point, yeah, I don't want to wear the mask either, but we're, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. So No, no, we're not. It kind of reminds me of the last day of high school where you we threw all our papers up in the air. Like, I, I want something like that after the pandemic's over. But 
you know, we're if if we're burning our masks right now, we're spiking the football on the twenty yard line. So I wouldn't <laughs> advise doing that. I would like say, you said, Rick, like we still got to hang in there for a little while longer. I would. Wisconsin is twenty three percent totally vaccinated. So are we spiking it on the twenty yard line, eighty yards away from the touchdown? Because <laughs> I feel like like we're in terms of vaccines we're we're 23% in in lacrosse oddly is oh and then yeah in the, in the Wisconsin's I I that's lacrosse 23% in lacrosse um I think it's just under that in the state of Wisconsin and uh yeah we have 80 yards to go when it comes to vaccinations we're not even at 20% in the state so um anyway well, and we're, I, yeah we're go moving ahead. at a really good pace and just got to keep it up yeah i mean we 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 handed off at the 10 we busted we <laughs> we busted through the line we got to the 20 and there's only like a couple of safeties to beat. We got to beat the safeties yet. And then we have to outrun the rest of the team to get to the end zone. And eventually, like if, if it's not you or me, somebody faster with the ball, they can get to the end zone that 80 yards and they will pick up speed as the, the, the defenders are cleared out. They will pick up speed and the vaccines will roll out faster and faster. And Trigoski, we're going to hit a point where, where this is going to hit, we're going to stop getting, we're going to stop seeing these increases because we're going to hit a point where everybody's vaccinated that wants to be vaccinated. Um, and, and then people that don't want to be vaccinated are going to be, you know, that's, we're going to hit, well, I don't know what percentage that'll be. It'll be interesting to yeah. see if it's 80% or 50%. Well, Rick, that is like the pivotal question right now in many ways, because the distribution process seems to be going well. We're doing millions of vaccinations per day in the United States. Wisconsin's doing these things at a good clip. The million-dollar question is when you see that leveling off, right? Like when you see everyone who ha- everyone who wants or is eager to get a vaccine has gotten one, and then what percentage of the public will that end up being? We can make guesses based on polling data, but sometimes polling data – and actual behavior are different things. Now, the good news is that in the polling data, we have seen an increase in willingness to get the vaccine, especially among the group that wanted to wait and see. You know, back in December, back in late 2020, there were polls that were conducted asking people, well, are you eager to get the vaccine? Are you going to wait and see? Or are you not going to get the vaccine? And what we've seen is that the wait and see group, the people who previously said, oh, I'm just going to wait and see, now they are on board with the vaccine. And and so yeah, we're just going to have to see how this plays out, right? Like, at what point do we hit that tipping point yeah. where everyone who wants a vaccine has gotten one, and then it becomes more of a persuasion effort. Then it becomes more of a how can we incentivize this effort? It becomes a much different challenge than right now, where it's all about getting just the distribution out there and getting vaccines out the door. Yeah, I mean, we we have this thing that we've never experienced before from start to finish, really. I mean, there's been Ebola and, and stuff like that's happened. You know, that feels like it's over there sometimes, and it's just not affecting us, right? Um, but then, uh, you know, then we, we learn how to, to combat the virus, then we learn about masks, then we learn the vaccine, and then we're nervous, like, wow, the vaccine came... I've never thought about a vaccine before in my life and whether or not it takes a year or 10 years, you know, nobody's ever thought about it and be like, and then, Oh, it came out in a year. That seems quick. And then they, you know, then there's that hesitancy and then it's like, okay, well, nobody's turned into a zombie yet. Okay. Not yet. And next month. Okay. We're good. Still no zombie apocalypse. All right. I'll get the, I'll get the, the vaccine. No big deal. 
Um, and, and, and we're the, all. And so the wait and see group was entirely understandable for those reasons, Rick. I mean, yeah. like, I totally get it, like the wait and see group. And like you said, the good news is that the wait and see group is finding out that it's, it's uh, they've got the green light, that they can feel confident getting the vaccine. Yeah. I mean, we made old people get the vaccine first because they were the most, you know, they were under the most stress from this virus. And also they were probably like sick of really having to lock up because it was a lot more serious yeah. for them. Um, anyway, moving on, I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to, we, we, we all heard of this pandemic before we can kind of move on. Uh, what do you want to do? There's a mayoral, we're going to, our mayoral race is going to end here soon, or we can do the whole like Ron Johnson uh, Senate seat analogy, because that's a kind of an interesting analogy that popped up in recently, right? Well, 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 Rick, yeah, this this does come up because there was a story in Politico yesterday that got a fair bit of attention around the country because it had a unique theme. And the unique theme was that the opposing party wants the incumbent to run. Now, normally you would think that the opposing party would not want the incumbent member of Congress to run because incumbents win elections at overwhelming rates. We got to we got to pause. The political story was like the Democrats don't want the Democrats want Ron Johnson to run. We got to pause here two seconds because I I forgot Joe. Joe, I'm sorry. Joe was waiting on hold. I think I think I, 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 I moved on. But Joe, go ahead. Hey, I was just going to ask um, what he thinks of the B117 variant and if he, if he thinks that maybe that they're going to try and use these variants to open up uh, mail-in voting for the midterms early. And if they do that, is that an avenue you think that could be easily manipulated, cheated on, and uh, used to uh, have faulty elections for the midterms? All right. Thanks, Joe. Okay, so we've, we we're using a variant. Maybe the <laughs> are we creating the variant or are we using the excuse of a variant to uh, you know, do the easiest thing in the world and have people get their ballots at home and be able to mail them back. Well, you know, this is what is so controversial about the Georgia law that has been passed. It significantly peels back absentee voting and puts new restrictions on absentee voting. So if anything, states are moving in the opposite direction to peel back absentee voting, to make it more difficult to engage in absentee voting, to have less time available for absentee voting, because, you know, it was it was a major game changer in the 2020 election, like all of the absentee voting And so, of course, there were some good lessons learned from 2020 about how to make absentee voting work well. There were some problems. There were not there's not evidence of widespread problems with absentee voting. There just isn't. Uh, But nevertheless, states such as Georgia are taking action to significantly limit absentee voting. And that, among a number of other elements of this bill in Georgia, including making it illegal to give someone food or water while they're waiting in line to vote, uh, we learned today that that has resulted in Major League Baseball removing its all-star game this year from the state of Georgia. Yeah, it was going to be played at the Brave Stadium, I believe, the Atlanta Brave Stadium. Uh, yeah, pretty interesting. Like, hey, you're going you're gonna to enact all these voter suppression bills that – that aren't popular despite like what the public wants. Uh, oh, we're going to do it anyway. That's kind of how I feel like that's how po- politics works. A lot of the time uh, we talked about this uh, earlier too, but um, 
Yeah, so it's just it's it's not a big conspiracy, a variant of a virus. This happens all the time, and it's uh, the idea that mail-in voting isn't a thing that works well is is crazy. Because you, you, I would say that we need just need better infrastructure around mail-in voting because we we maybe were caught by surprise by how many people actually utilized it, right? That's exactly right, Rick. And that's what I mean when there were challenges with mail-in voting in terms of the administration dealing with the incredible influx of people who wanted to vote by mail, just dealing with all of the logistical challenges and the administration challenges. So there absolutely were important lessons learned and some improvements that can be made going forward. But there is zero evidence of widespread voter fraud with absentee voting. And and so, you know, that's why it quite reasonably is seen as a partisan piece of legislation that the Georgia legislature enacted, you know, to try to make it difficult for people to vote, people who may tend to lean towards the Democratic Party. Right? Um, like, like if, if you narrowly lost an election like the Georgia Republicans did, then, you know, just try to change the rules to make it go your way the next time. Yeah. If if mail in voting was so controversial, then the is it five states or is it more than five states that that have been doing this for years and some for um, um, decades, I think, or at least a decade? Uh, then we we should have been pointing to those states uh, this whole time and been like, wait a minute, voter fraud. And I think Idaho, yeah. Colorado, uh, Oregon, Hawaii. Um, and I can't think of the other one, and I can't find the the super sweet website that I I looked at to see the cool map of. Uh, uh, here it is: Utah, Washington, Hawaii, Colorado, Oregon. So those are the states that that do that. So you know, like we should have been crying wolf, <laughs> or, or so to speak, or or crying <laughs> whatever you, we were crying. Uh, if those states they they were doing mail and they're doing mail voting all the time. So. Anyway, well, um, and, the, and the top Republican officials in Georgia, like Governor Brian Kemp and Secretary of State Raffensperger, said there is no evidence of widespread fraud. But the incredibly weird thing about this, Rick, is that people are saying, well, you know, whether or not there was widespread fraud, there's the perception that there was. Yeah. So <laughs> you have this weird situation where you know, people think that there was fraud. And so now we have to enact these incredibly drastic measures, regardless of like the reality of the situation. Like, let's just go with people's perception here instead of actually looking at the facts of the situation. Right. Uh, Bob's calling in. Bob, go ahead. You're, you're on the air. Yes. Hi. I just listened to you guys in the last five minutes. Um, that election, the Georgia election law that they passed, you guys got to know, did you read the bill? The bill first says, yeah. the bill first says that in order to get an absentee ballot, you have to have show a, have a show a photo ID. That is making the the election more secure, and it expands the days of early voting. That is voter suppression. And then you add on, you said about this that they you can't give food and water to people in line. The bill doesn't say that. It says that people in the polls can come out with food and water. They just don't want people coming up to the people in line like Democrats and Republicans and trying to get other people to change their vote. You with, guys are just throwing out more propaganda. So I can't, I, I can't bring you a, a, a bottled water in line? No, because you could try to change my vote. How am the I going to do that? that? It says in the bill that the people in the polls that are working in the polls can bring about food and water. 
but they're they're working in the polls. They're volunteers. They're probably pretty busy. Maybe just like set some water out and give people water and food. Like big deal. <laughs> so so you think it's it's a propaganda tool to uh, get people to change their vote the last seven minutes that they're or maybe seven hours that they're waiting in line. Like who who makes their vote? decisions that way like <laughs> like I, I i've had the entire election to think about who i'm going to vote for but someone handed me a bottle of water right before i went into the building so now i'm going to change my vote well you like, know what happens who, here no one no one thinks that way you know what happens here Chugoski, is i'm waiting in line i'm going to vote democrat somebody hands me a plastic bottle of water and i go what where do you lean? And they're like, I'm a Democrat. And they're like, you're handing me a plastic bottle of water and you're a Democrat? Do you know what this thing does to the environment? I can't believe you. And then I vote Republican because that person sent me a pla- gave me a plastic bottle of water. And maybe some candy that's in a plastic wrapper. Unbelievable. Changing my vote right away. Let's just say there's minimal evidence that that's how voters actually think, Rick. I don't know. Seven hours in line, Chagoski. You give me that water. I'm really going to whatever. I need that water, man. No. What are you? Who are you voting for? Just give me the water. Who are you voting for? I'm voting for Biden. You're not getting the water. You're not getting it. You're not getting the water. You wait in line without water, buddy. You hope a poll worker comes out here and gives you some water because you're going to starve. And you're going to be dehydrated for seven hours. This is, you see, this is the type of lawlessness that we have to cut down on in Georgia, right? Like people buying votes with water. I mean, what if they brought beer? Can we, I mean, it says with no beer. water. That's a difference. That, that actually could buy someone's vote. There we go, Bob. I found the loophole. If someone brings you a case of beer in line, there we go. 24 pack of Miller Lite, well, whatever they're drinking. I don't know what they're drinking in Georgia. Probably not <laughs> Miller Lite, right? I have no idea what they're drinking down there, but I think in Wisconsin, free beer would be free beer could swing an election in Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean that's a, it's a good point. I don't know why Republicans haven't proposed this: no handing beer to people in line. I mean that's something they would do. Didn't they do this already with some some rules? <laughs> they probably should have thought of it at least. I mean, this is a loophole we've got to expose uh, to get our agenda out there, whatever the agenda is. I don't know. <laughs> Um, okay, last thing. I know we, we were going to go down this Ron Johnson path, but we don't have any time. But are you watching Brewer games? Are you a baseball guy? What are you? We're, uh, well, I'm you're a Twins, a twins fan, guy. Right? You're a Twins guy. Um, opening day. I mean, are you listening to Bob Euchre then? What are you? How are you taking in these games? No, I got I got the I got the Twins broadcasters. Oh, you're listening to the Twins. I mean, Bob Euchre's got to be better than those guys, right? Oh, oh, like way better. Believe me. Yeah, WKTY ninety six seven FM, Trigoski, right, and you I'll, can listen. I'll tune in. I'll tomorrow, start tuning into KTY tomorrow at six ten PM. Brewers Twins. I know. Yeah, that's right. You're a Twins guy. Um, yeah, the the opening day, the baseball too. I mean, just a, a little bit. We'll see. We'll see if they can get through the season. But uh, uh, I was glad to see the Brewers beat you guys in in ten yesterday. <laughs> well, believe me, like I, I, it doesn't really matter for the twins what happens during the season, you know, because we know if we make the playoffs, we'll just get swept in the first round. So uh, honestly, you know, we might as well just be playing exhibition games all season because we're just going to get kicked out of the playoffs like that. Yeah, you haven't beaten the Yankees in like a decade or so. Hasn't it been like yeah. 15 games in a row in the playoffs? The Yankees have beat you or something stupid like that? Yeah, it's like a double-digit losing streak in the playoffs, which is one of the most unbelievable streaks in sports, if you think about it. Like a team has lost like a double-digit losing streak in the playoffs. It's so pathetic. What a terrible April 1st for you. The Brewers lost, or the Brewers beat <laughs> your twins. 
Roy Williams retired, and you find out that I'm not actually taking over Rush Limbaugh's spot. <laughs> so nothing went right yesterday. Maybe tomorrow, dude. Maybe tomorrow. Go burn your mask. Uh, <laughs> thanks for joining me, man. <laughs> Thank you. All right. We're going to take a quick break. All right. That's going to do it for today, for the week, for the week. The Crosstalk PM. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everyone, for sending me pictures of this, what I believe is a couple of people said the altar, altar scrapyard uh, in the industrial park is on fire. A lot of people said just avoid the area because it's just kind of a kind of a traffic mess. But anyway, that's all I got. Have a good weekend. We'll be back on Monday.